Welcome to another edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. This is a public affairs broadcast of CMAC, Fresno and Clovis, and Talk Radio, 1550 KXEX. Our guest this week is an assemblyman from Southern California, Assemblymember Adri Nazarian. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me, Savag. Pleasure to be with you. So just so our listeners know, on the record, I was actually born in Glendale, California, down south, which I've said before, and I think that's the area you represent. So, so I, I actually represent uh, 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 the area just immediately west of Glendale. Uh, I represent my district is almost is entirely in the city of Los Angeles, and ninety five percent of my district covers the San Fernando Valley. Uh, portion of Los Angeles. And then a small smidgen of it goes over the hill and grabs a little part of Hollywood, the cool parts of Hollywood, including Hollywood Bowl. And of course, for our audience members listening to this broadcast, you if you've been in the LA area, chances are you've driven on or walked in the area that Assemblymember Nazarian represents, Hollywood Boulevard. And so I, I wanted to have you on, sir, because you recently, we have a lot of Armenian Americans living in the Valley. As some estimates put it as 50,000. There are multiple churches, there are community organizations. And you recently were able to secure funding for a couple of projects that I want to ask you about. But before we get there, million dollar question that I bet you a lot of people ask you, how did you get involved in politics? Why did you get involved in politics? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm an immigrant uh, who has no political ties, isn't from a political family. And, uh, uh, you know, so, so I have all the right ingredients to not be involved in this arena. Um, but, you know, at the same time, a lot of those characteristics of or, 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 or tenants that don't contribute necessarily uh, to, that, to this career also built character and allowed me to uh, fail many times before I was able to uh, uh, find avenues of success. So uh, I, I, one of the things I er learned early on is the importance of advocacy, the importance of making sure that you're at the table. Uh, one of the things I so fell in love with with the United States and the opportunity that it gave individuals like me or my family is that you can come from anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. Uh, in fact, English is my fourth language. And yet, uh, once you overcome those cultural and linguistic barriers, um, you know, if you understand the law, if you understand the mindset of the culture, uh, there's nothing holding you back in advancing, whether it be uh, the, the public arena, the private sector, nonprofit world, media. Uh, it's, it's really what you are able to make of it and to what extent you apply yourself. Um, and, and I've been extremely fortunate to be able to build a career on the shoulders of many other wonderful people that came before me. Um, as well as being, being the beneficiary of uh, mentorship of a lot of folks who, whether in the Armenian community or Jewish community or, or other communities, uh, took me under their wing and, and, and uh, uh, allowed me the benefit of learning from their mistakes. Uh, 
I'll tell you very candidly, it's been something where I never expected to be in. Coming from Iran, uh, being born in a country where, you know, it's been a, it had a 28 year history of a monarchy uh, and then having to leave the country because of the war with its neighboring Iraq and coming here uh, with, you know, your family spread three different continents of the world and taking about seven years for everyone to be reunited. You're not thinking about politics. But I think it's all those challenges that also allowed me the opportunity to learn about the human condition and understand uh, how it is that we can uh, um, achieve better success uh, if, uh, if uh, we uh, are sympathetic and compassionate to others' needs and, and be able to work across lines together. You mentioned a few things that I wanna to touch on. Number one, mentorship. I'm a big proponent of people having mentors, people who have crossed, walked that path and crossed those rough terrain paths. You mentioned that you've had some mentors. How important is really that mentorship relationship with people who have been there and done that? It, it's life altering. Uh, again, I, I, uh, you, you look at my background, you look at the, the culture I've grown up in, uh, you look at uh, the country and the country's culture I've, I've come from, uh, you know, very conservative, uh, uh, very insulated. And so you, and, 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 and our politics is anything but uh, necessarily insulated on, on many occasions. I mean, the more boisterous sometimes, the more attention you get. And so it's a fine balance of being able to get your message across, but at the same time, doing it in an effective way that you're able to rally support behind it. Um, so, so the mentorship played a critical role. I mean, I, I, right after college, I applied to the Coro Fellows Program, which is a, a national program primarily in four or five different cities throughout the U.S., namely San Francisco, L.A., Pittsburgh, St. Louis, New York, uh, Kansas, uh, Kansas City. And, uh, and, and, you know, several folks get, uh, 12 people get chosen on an annual basis to go through a year-long program working at a, a month at a time in different arenas, whether it be political, government, media, labor, business, so that you are becoming better informed about the different sectors, how they intersect, how what kind of an interdependence there is. And you start formulating your, uh, your sense about how things work. I mean, let's not forget government and the economy is just a man-made biosphere. It's a man-made ecosystem. Uh, and, and so when you do something, impact something in this corner, uh, you're not operating alone. Something on this side is going to feel the impacts of it. And so it's very critical to understand how there are, how there's a push and pull and what different components impact one another, even when it seems to be unrelated to you. And so when you start having, creating that opinion, forming that sense about how things work, um, you, 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 your, uh, your actions become much more precise and, uh, and so that's also what good mentorship does. It allows you to learn, understand how things work, uh, ask a lot of questions. It's okay to make mistakes early on when you're asking questions. It, it, there's a cost to the mistakes, the older you get and uh, the more responsible your position becomes. So it's, it's better to ask a lot of questions early on. 
You know, I want to also talk about something else you mentioned about working together. You know, I know that we live in an environment now where the Republicans and the Democrats are us versus you type of thing. But I firmly believe, and I know many, many people believe that we can work together. And really, you know, a lot of people, I believe, are really at the, in the middle here in working together. So talk about the importance of, you know, we have, and the reason I asked the question is because we have the area, you know, that this is being broadcast. We have Assembly Member Arambula, who is a Democrat, but we have Assembly Members Patterson and Bigelow, who are Republicans. So talk about the partnerships and, and, and how you work together or why it's important to work together across the aisle. Uh, Frank and I got elected the same year in 2012, and it's been a pleasure working with him. We all, we both also serve on the uh, uh, on health committee, uh, and he's been on health committee, I think, for at least the last uh, maybe three or four years. Uh, I've been on health committee since I was first elected in 2012. So uh, it's, uh, you know, part of it is these these relationships develop over time, and your philosophy can be different, but when you both agree on what the, 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 the substance of importance is. At the end of the day, you know, what, what, I, what I try to explain to folks is that whether I'm an immigrant or a fifth generation, like Frank Bigelow and the Bigelow family, been in, the, in California since the 1850s. You know, so, so two different contrasts, both making policy decisions in, in Sacramento. But when you look at what I bring to the table and what he brings to the table, you know, in my, my family history, last three generations of my family has had to move four times, whether it was because of the Armenian genocide, uh, one side of the family, whether it was the Russian revolution, the other side of the family, whether it was once my family moved from the, survived the genocide, moved to, uh, to Baku at that time, uh, where my father was born, and 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 then my grandfather realized that he does not want to live under the Stalinist uh, purge and Stalinist regime, and so decides to move family over to Iran. In the process of that, gets caught, and his wife uh, serves five years in Siberian gulag. You know, and uh, so my father and his older brother grew up alone from about the time they were four and six to the time they were about nine and eleven. Uh, and, and then when my generation, ultimately, my siblings and I had to flee one by one from Iran with our, of course, with our parents helping uh, so that we, uh, my, you know, my brother and I don't get enlisted in a war we didn't believe in uh, between Iran and Iraq and surviving that, you know, three generations had to move four times to overcome all these challenges. And California has been home. It's opened up its arms to me. It's allowed opportunity to all of my family members and, and I wanted to run for office, not because, uh, as I said earlier, I, I come from a culture of even thinking that way, uh, but because I started in advocacy world and I realized that there are voids within our government sometimes or missing voices. And, and we need to speak up uh, for different experiences. We need to speak up about how it is that immigrant populations bring a benefit to California, bring a benefit to the United States. You know, one, one anecdotal joke I like to talk about is 1930, the first World Cup for soccer, the first World Cup, little known fact because people don't talk about it. 
you know, U.S. team, U.S. national team was represented. It was one of the finalists, showed up, and it went all the way to, uh, I believe, the quarterfinal or semifinal. Lost in the semifinal to Argentina, 4-2. Now, a lot of folks don't know about that because it doesn't get highlighted. But the reality also is the U.S. national team, a lot of the players on the team, uh, uh some of the players weren't even able to communicate with one another because it was such an international team. There's a lot of folks from Ireland and England, and then a couple of folks from Italy and some other places. And so, you know, they knew how to play and how to advance the team together. And, and so when you look at the history of the U.S. and what benefit the immigrant population has provided uh, in, in, in advancing uh, agriculture, technology, uh, and various industries, um, you know, I, I think it creates a symbiotic relationship. And it's something that I think individuals like Frank and I have had the benefit of working together and as well as Arambula. Dr. Arambula is a wonderful colleague also. Uh, just that Arambula, I think Joaquin came in uh, about two years after Frank and I were elected. So now let's, thank you for that background. Now let's talk a little bit about this 11 million that you secured, you have three kind of pots where it's going to, correct? The first one is this Armenian museum in Southern California. Can you tell us about the museum? Sure, sure. So, so the museum funding I had uh, initially gotten back in 2016. Um, uh, but, but I think I know what, what you're mentioning. So of the 11 million, uh, Nine million is going to Tumo Center, a creation of a Tumo Center, which I'm going to keep the mm -hmm. last because I want to focus on that. Uh, and then one million each goes to one uh, to the uh, University of Southern California Institute on Armenian Studies. Given all the conversations that we're having about ethnic studies programs and and also talking about the uh, the history of Armenian American settlement in California. Uh, it was critical that, an, that a place like the Institute was involved in these conversations and were actually the ones doing the academic work in helping some of the uh, 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 state educational forces in collaborating and also coming up with the research-based background necessary uh, for the curriculum. So that was one. Second million went to uh, yet another organization that I had started working with and helping out about five years ago. Also, LARC. LARC is a nonprofit uh, music school that is home to uh, Armenian and non-Armenian students alike. Uh, if you've ever been to the center, you are you just feel enriched with the vibrancy of the student population, the various age groups, and all the different kids that come from all over the city uh, in order to get, uh, 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 to, to whether to be beginner learners of music and performance or continue enhancing. Um, some students of which have gone on to Cal Arts, uh, prestigious schools like Cal Arts or even Juilliard. So it's, 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 it's this hidden jewel and a treasure that's been doing some wonderful work for the last 25 years, churning out some great musical talent. And it was a shame that the state had not really recognized it and made that investment necessary for it to continue to grow and to build out. So when there was the opportunity 
uh, to make an investment because I heard that they were thinking of expanding their site, but they were doing it very slowly since uh, they, they had to do hold annual fundraisers to build up the capital dollars necessary. I thought it was important to, to help them with the capital investment so that they can continue focus on the program efforts uh, and, 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 and you know, raise money to expand the opportunity for more children to benefit from, uh, from the musical programs that they offer. Um, so the, the last one, TUMO, that I wanted to talk about a, little, a bit more. So in 2013, uh, when I took office, uh, I, I organized a trip of my, for my colleagues and then speaker, uh, took them to Armenia to kind of introduce them and show them a little bit of the history and background of Armenia. Uh, and so, and I've been conducting those trips for several of my, for my colleagues over time as, as, as much as possible. Um, but one of the places I would take them to was a center called TUMO. Mm -hmm. TUMO is a, uh, uh, basically, uh, if you can imagine some kind of like an open bay center, just like the way you would find in, San, in tech companies in San Jose and, and the Bay Area and some in the LA area, where, where there's just a lot of uh, uh, technology-based content, a lot of coding and uh, various different software-related program learnings and teachings uh, for kids between the ages of 13 to 19, all done for free as an after-school supplemental program. Uh, and, uh, and the goal is to just create, you know, sh help shape young minds, give them something to look forward to, teach them something, teach them a technical trait, basically. Let them grow into it. And then let that take them someplace. If they wanna continue college, wonderful. If they wanna go into a specific program that let's say, you know, they get into uh, uh, graphic designing that has a career of their own, uh, or if they wanna go through a technical trade enhancement, they can further do that. And, and again, all of these avenues lead them to get a fulfilling uh, uh, job that allows them to provide for their families. And I was just wondering, why is it that a place like California with all the tech, technical innovation and all the benefits that we uh, not only innovate, but then supply to the rest of the world, we don't have a hub like that, that targets our youth and helps our kids grow into these types of jobs and professions. And so I, I wanted to emulate that model, you know, year after year, when I would take my colleagues there, and TUMO was one of the centers that I would make them, ask them to go and visit to see what it is, they would all fall in love with it. So I wanted to, uh, I wanted to take the opportunity since we had some funding available this year to put 9 million aside to create such a program uh, uh, in the United States, in, in California, specifically in Los Angeles, in the San Fernando Valley. So that again, Armenian and majority non-Armenian kids, uh, because Armenian families are a very small minority in the San Fernando Valley, given how big the San Fernando Valley has become, uh, to, to take advantage of this program and, uh, you know, introduce them to, to, to the world of uh, IA, world of robotics, uh, world of uh, technology, and then uh, and, and allow them to, if they so are interested and choose to pursue, have a career uh, in this arena. 
and also you know these can become the feeders for the future Google uh, jobs as well as Yahoo and all the other tech ind- companies that are located in California. But you know it's important for our youth to have these opportunities and these programs made available to them. And the model I loved because again it's free and it encourages 13 to 19 year olds uh, to participate. Uh, and then and grow in the program. So then they become mentors to the young gener- younger generation of kids that are coming in. I love this on several levels. Number one, after school programs. A lot of times, you know this, parents are working, you know, both parents are working, the child comes home and there's no supervision. You have somewhere where the child can go with their friends and really, you know, robotics, you know, I've done my research on Tumo, and it's really a highlight of Armenia when you talk about Armenia and the capital. And, and one of the highlights is the Tumo Center. And then I love that it's being opened here in Southern California for everybody, not just Armenian youth. So congratulations on the funding for that. Do you have a site located? How, I mean, where are we in, in the, the timeline? Where are we in the timeline? Well, we're we're kind of we're we're kind of uh, trying to put the steps together as we speak right now as well. So, you know, we we got the funding, and so now uh, I'm I'm working with the city of Los Angeles. Uh, I want their participation and partnership in this effort, so that it's a state city participation pro- partnership program. Uh, and then once we identify through the city of LA, we're looking to see where we can identify. Uh, that would provide the best opportunity, uh, you know, so, a, a place that's accessible, a place that's near transportation hubs, a place that's also uh, 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 comfortable for parents to find easily and to be able to bring and drop off their children and pick them up in a couple of hours time. You know, so all of those things obviously are being looked at to see where the best location would be, but it would be somewhere in North Hollywood and, uh, uh, and, and uh, you know, we, 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 we wanna see it come to fruition as soon as possible. Uh, so that timeline still remains to be seen on uh, what ends up happening. Do we, uh, what, what location we go with? What are the improvements that are gonna be necessary? And then at some point, uh, the private partnerships that are also gonna come in so that this becomes a public private partnership as well so that we are able to have a very sustainable model uh, for years to come. Assemblyman, we have only a few more minutes left on the program, but I want you to talk about something that you touched on a little earlier in the program. You know, getting involved, get advocacy work. That led me to run for office locally. I came second out of three, and I came ahead of the incumbent. And so, advice for people who care so much that they run, but don't make it. For me, I know I'm going to run again at some point because I love advocacy work. I love the community, but we have some good people who don't make it the first time around and are heartbroken. You know, talk about why they should keep trying. Uh, Thank you for bringing it up. I, you know, I, I've been in a lot of campaigns before I had my own campaign. Uh, and again, part of it was because I felt 
it was critical to build an infrastructure of good people who are bringing practical experience. Uh, you know, we've unfortunately become such a, you know, and I don't, I, I hate to romanticize about the past and say the past was never like this. I think every generation has had its challenges, but at the same time, I can't help but to feel when you watch the debates these days, you know, when you and I were younger, when we would listen to debates, whether it was the Democrat or Republican, we both, we, we learned something from the debates. Mm -hmm. Today's debates are not about teaching or learning something. It's about who can talk over the other person so that the good ideas aren't being discussed. That's not a debate. That's not a cogent conversation. That's just trying to take people out at each other's heels. And quite candidly, I think both part, all parties are involved in all of this. Uh, and and, and it's, it's critical for us to look at what examples we want to set for our youth, uh, what examples we want to set about what's important here. Is it just a partisan win or is it an American win? Is it keeping the American dream alive about knowing that whether if you've been here for generations or you come here as a young immigrant, you have the opportunity to work your way up, buy a house, become a successful entrepreneur, academic, uh, 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 government official, whatever it is that you're aspiring to be. So, so in that vein, you know, if you're driven by something, you can never stop. You never should stop if you are driven in wanting to, to uh, work towards something and enhance something. You know, there's many frustrating days in government many frustrating days, because a lot of times you see that it's more political sometimes, uh, unfortunately, than it is substantive. And, and it's, it's those very times that I also like to just kind of start, put my head down and just focus on the next thing that I wanna make sure is accomplished and, and make sure that I'm making headway, I'm placing benchmarks for myself to hit one by one. So. So to anyone listening in who has aspirations, I'd say, you know, work hard. I, I joke around with my with all my interns and I say, look, if you want a career in public service, um, you know, you don't have to be the best looking because I sure I'm sure not. You don't have to have the family name. You know, I don't have a Kennedy name and you don't have to be wealthy. Uh, you you if you don't have those three things going for you, you got to be willing to you know, just put your head down and work very hard and figure out the tenets of what makes governance work and, 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 and then understand how to communicate and bring these different components together while at the same time developing your own niche. You know, uh, mentorship was a very important part of my own upbringing. When I, when I, as I grew up, uh, I, 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 in college, I started a youth program because I saw a lot of kids immigrating from Armenia were extremely talented and smart, but they were not, uh, their parents were just barely surviving. And so they didn't have that influence from their elder generation being able to hold their hand and say, hey, why don't you go and tour the UCLA campus or the USC campus so that they get inspired from a young age to want to apply. So, you know, we. I found out about a program, the Armenian Tutorial Project, 
and so I started creating that in in at the university I was at at, the, at that time. And so you know, and then after I graduated, uh, I I uh, helped start was one of the founding members of Generation Next mentorship program through AGBU. Again, would take a lot of students that were not doing very well in middle school, and 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 uh, pair them up with a professional so that they are inspired by that young professional and they see attributes of themselves in that professional and wanna grow up in those footsteps as well. And so that became a very big part of my niche. Uh, so I would encourage anyone who's interested, develop a niche for yourself, become an expert in an area and, 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 and don't ever don't ever give up. Persevere. Perseverance is uh, a key component of all of life's success. Excellent, excellent way to end the program. Excellent bit of, bit of advice. Assemblymember Nazarian, thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to have you back on the program. Thank you very much for having me. That's all for this edition of San Joaquin Spotlight. Thank you to our audience members listening to this broadcast on Talk Radio 1550 KXEX and to those watching on CMAC, Fresno and Clovis as well. Thank you to our guest, Assemblymember Adrien Nazarian from Southern California. Thank you. Take tune care, in, everyone. Tune in next week to a new edition.